0: You know, everyone's worried about picking sides, Ukraine or Russia, Ukraine or Russia. All I want to know is the truth. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Liberty Before Lipstick. I hope you're all doing well, despite all of the chaos. The last few weeks have been super busy for me outside of the podcast with other social media content and stuff that I'm working on behind the scenes. I would love to just upload podcast after podcast and just not have any worries in life, but unfortunately the bills have to get paid and my podcast isn't my main source of income, so that's why I have my Patreon if you guys haven't considered joining my Patreon? Please consider doing so. It's just a way to support the show and to support what I'm doing. You can also head over to my store, MakeMakeupGreatAgain.com, where I have lots of cute little merch and goodies if you want to support me. But Usually my podcast gets the short end of the stick if it's a busy week with work and content. I created this podcast just as a place to share information, have interesting conversations, bring great guests on here, and also talk about faith. But I am finishing up a huge passion project behind the scenes, and depending on how the Lord guides this and orchestrates this, I see myself doing more podcasts And I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited despite all of the craziness happening. I'm really excited for what Jesus is doing. All right, so let's talk about what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. Now, one thing that always kind of bugs me is that people can be so fast on social media to post whatever they see and just repost without actually thinking about it, without digesting it. A lot of people just want to be the first one to post. They want to have the information first. They just, they got to be the first one, no matter if it's real or not. And I'm, I'm not like that. I'm very much an observer. I've been kind of sitting and reading and watching and digesting and, you know, seeing all of the theories and all of the things that are popping up surrounding, and it's a lot of information. How can you make a decision or assess in a situation when you've seen a few media posts? Everyone in the media and on social media right now are so consumed with whose side are you on? Russia or Ukraine? Russia or Ukraine? Pick a side, pick a side, pick a side. And it's like, hold on a second. I'm not trying to pick a side. I want to know the truth. Meanwhile, praying for everyone involved, praying for all the innocent people that are involved that are getting hurt right now, because that's what war does. War hurts innocent people. The virtue signaling going on right now from people on the left of, Praying for Ukraine as they step over a homeless person on the way to work. Like, these people never cared about Ukraine until this week. All of a sudden, they they want to get involved in global politics and foreign policy. Meanwhile, they know nothing about what's happening in our own country. And they're not concerned about our own borders. If you're a Jesus follower, the first thing you should be doing is praying. Because praying is the most powerful weapon you have. And if you think, oh, all I can do is pray you have underestimated your most powerful weapon because no matter the physical that we see here, the spiritual war will always far outweigh the physical one. This is a spiritual war, right? Go back to Ephesians. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spirits of the dark world. Something else I've noticed this week is some people that I believe are very much awake to a lot of things happening in the world and in our country that are very informed are some of the first to be jumping on and just posting and forming their opinion based off the media and the news. You can't say, oh, you know, fake news, fake media, don't trust them. Yet all of a sudden you believe them with this. Do you know what I mean? Then you scroll through the comments and you see people saying, hey, like this is not the full picture. The media is not giving you the full picture. People providing facts, information, other things that are happening in Ukraine. Yet those people are then the ones that are pushed down. And as a Christian with conservative values, it bugs me to see people who stand up for free speech then discount other people bringing you parts of the story that the media isn't. I get people asking me every day in my DM to talk about all kinds of things, from faith to politics to makeup, you know, just a a whole realm of topics. I'm not going to speak on anything and everything, and I'm not going to be someone who's going to speak just to say I said something. I'm not going to pick a side or just say something to say something. I'm also not going to be neutral because I don't want to get any backlash. I could care less about backlash. I am here to seek the truth and the truth only. And I don't care who likes it. If you don't like seeking the truth, then I really don't want you around me anyways. I don't want to be surrounded with people who want to be comfortable in lies. So in this episode, I'm going to comment on some of my opinions some of my observations, some things that I found out just from an unbiased point of view. This is just my observations and my opinions based off what I'm seeing and what I'm reading. So first, let's assess how our media is talking about Russia and Ukraine. When the attacks first began, I'm like, okay, well, first and foremost, this is coming from the mainstream media. I personally do not find the mainstream media trustworthy. So, for me to think, OK, well, they lied about everything, but they're telling the truth about this is naive. And so I'm watching and and taking it with a grain of salt, seeing what our media is posting, you know, seeing what Putin is saying in his statement, seeing what the Ukrainian president is saying. And, I, and I'm just watching and I'm seeing what people are posting online, people that are in Ukraine, you know what they're saying. So our media is pro-Ukraine. Peace for Ukraine. All of the left speaking heads, such as the Clintons, I think I even saw Alex Soros, they're all posting, you know, peace for Ukraine. How dare Russia do this unprovoked attack? A lot of them are using the word, you know, unjustified, unprovoked. Russia is the bad guy. Like, this is the narrative that we're seeing in the media. All of the news talking about how Russia wants to have world power and take over. I also think it's important to note how many times the media has been mentioning cyber attacks, not just this week or the last couple of weeks, but the last couple of years since 2020. I'm someone who pays very close attention to patterns. Patterns help you assess what could potentially happen in the future. So the media keeps pushing the idea of cyber attacks potentially coming from Russia. In Biden's address on Thursday, he said, the U.S. can and will launch cyber attacks on Russia, but only if Russia attacks the U.S. first. Now, if you go back a couple of weeks when our government was answering questions to the press about Russia and the war, I mean, our administration was saying, oh, we, we think Russia's going to attack on this day. How would you know? Oh, we have intel. Well, where's the intel? I saw one reporter asking for the evidence during a press conference, and it was, we've already briefed you. And he said, no, you haven't. You just said that you have evidence. Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? We saw as the U.S. media was fanning the flames of a potential war of Russia attacking Ukraine for weeks, for weeks. No intel or data was given to the public. It was just, trust me, bro. The government, as always, trust me, bro. In Biden's address, he said, if Russia pursues cyber attacks against our companies, or critical infrastructure, we're prepared to respond, Biden said. He also added that the government has been working with the private sector for months to prepare Russian cyber attacks and responses to them. Now, if I've learned anything the last couple of years, it's that the government will never admit its faults, right? They will never admit when they're wrong because people will be upset. So if there is a cyber attack in the U S who do you think our government is going to blame? Do you think they're going to give us any data or proof or Intel that it was Russia? We were lied to once already for years about Russia collusion and Russia, 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 the Russia hoax. Do you think that our government will tell the truth this time? It's a question you have to ask yourself. Seriously, you need to do your own research and connect the dots of all the things that are lining up right now and what could potentially happen, not just in other countries, but in the country you live in. For me being in the U.S., what is potentially coming here? Our media, if you've been paying attention, has very clearly made Russia into the bad guy. And if you dare ask any questions, if you dare even bring up the corruption that our government, such as Biden, has had with Ukraine, you're automatically, you're pro-war, you're pro-Putin, you're, you know, all of these things. It's the same thing. If you ever ask questions, they make you into a bad guy. So I'm sitting here and I'm watching all this information. I'm, I'm seeing everyone fight and argue online of, you know, what's, what's happening. Our media is neglecting the fact that, Biden and Hunter and his family has deep financial and business ties to Ukraine, right? This has been reported on several outlets, but not the mainstream outlets, right? Not like the CNNs or the MSNBC, at least I haven't seen it, or the ABCs. Biden is at huge fault for what's happening right now in Ukraine, as well as the media is complicit in this for not reporting all of the facts, or most of the time, any of the facts, right? They never reported on Biden's family dealings in Burisma. And now who's suffering because of that? Ukrainians. Watching the press conference yesterday with Biden, he did answer a few questions, which I was surprised he usually doesn't answer a lot of questions, but he did did answer a few questions. And one of the reporters asked, well, you know, what about these sanctions? And asking, well, what are you waiting for to, you know, shut Putin down? And Biden said, well, we're implementing some sanctions and we'll check back in a month or so. And it's like in a month, like it's very hard to even hear someone who's supposed to be president who's not. It's a puppet president of the United States of America. I'm like, did he just say that? And then there was another time in the press conference, someone asked a question and he said something. He started a sentence and he goes, oh, well, you know, and smiles. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. But we all know that Biden supporters don't watch the press conferences. And if they do and they stand up for that, I just I I can't imagine what kind of mental gymnastics it takes to support Biden at this point. It was one thing to be fooled by Biden because you were in the CNN echo chamber, which is still your fault for not doing your own research. It's still your responsibility. Like you should take responsibility for what you voted for. But now seeing everything that's happening to this country and around the world and still be in denial. I mean, I've seen people, it's the blame game always, right? And it's always blaming Trump. So this is Trump's fault. Oh, I can't believe that, that Trump said he supports Putin. Where did Trump say that he supports Putin? When I saw the actual video of Trump talking about how Putin is a smart businessman, I mean, Trump is a businessman. And he brought up the sanctions. You know, I think Trump said something along the lines of, You know, Putin is getting this for $2 worth of sanctions. Like, this is from a business perspective. People need to drop their feelings because their feelings, I'm sorry, they don't matter. Your feelings just don't matter when it comes to world politics and business. Like, these people don't care about your feelings. The progressive movement has made people so easily offended by everything and anything that they have no spine. They have no ability to critically think without the media telling them what to think. It's very, very sad. No one was harder on Russia than Trump, and that's a fact. I went back and started listening to some of the press conferences with Trump, and boy do I miss having a president that actually got things done and loved this country. Take a listen.
1: I think, uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia, where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia, and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia, where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by... Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, we've, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they were be getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia at a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate because I think it's not.
0: Say whatever you want about Trump, but he's looking at Germany in the face and he doesn't beat around the bush. He gets straight to the point, and he confronts things. Here he is, and he's telling them, hey, we're supposed to be protecting you from Russia. U.S. tax dollars are going towards us protecting Germany from Russia, but you're getting all this money and being controlled by Russia. During Trump's administration, he showed us, like, he pulled the curtain back. If you took five minutes to pay attention, like, I actually sat and listened to Most of the press conferences that he held, especially in the last two years, I paid attention to what he said and what he was talking about. While the left was busy retweeting, edited CNN and other corrupt media outlet clips of Trump and trying to spin the narrative, most of us were actually listening and watching real time and seeing what was being done. The world respected the U.S. when Trump was in office. I mean, you can go back, that clip is being resurfaced now of when Trump met Putin one time and shook his hand and he like pulls him towards him. You know, everyone respected Trump when he came into a room and people don't realize because they think their feelings are more important of whatever they want to assess someone's moral compass is like people don't realize that you need to have a leader who is respected. People are too worried about gender and their pronoun preference and all of these things online that they don't actually realize what's happening in the world. Their scope of the world is literally their Twitter feed or their Instagram feed or whatever they're looking at on social media. When there is a war, do you think people are going to care about your pronoun preference? Currently, we have an administration that no one in the world respects and elections have consequences. This administration, if they even think for a moment that putting some sanctions is going to do anything, it's not going to change anything. We think that every country in the world is like us, that they're as materialistic as us, that they care about all the things we care about. Russia is a very energy independent country and they're a massive country. The U.S. was on its way to be energy independent but when biden came in he started cutting cutting that off destroying that slowly he started destroying that but every day people aren't paying attention to this you're busy with work you don't care you only listen to the media you're not actually seeing what's happening i mean how many people in america actually go through and read executive orders watch the live press conferences do their research it takes a lot of work it's a lot especially when you get busy with with life i understand It's a lot of work. But the underlying issue is, is that when no one really knows what's going on and then you have Congress, which most of them are just playing political theater all day long on both sides, might I add, where they just sit there and just tell you how much they're gonna change things, but nothing ever changes. They're too busy with their insider trading, their stock portfolios. That's a whole nother rabbit hole to go into. Look at how much Congress on both sides, red and blue, made in the stock market in 2021. It'll blow your mind. So what I think Trump was talking about when he mentioned that, you know, Putin could get Ukraine for $2 worth of sanctions is that Putin perhaps will happily trade some, you know, economic short-term sanctions for rebuilding an empire. Same thing with China. Like everyone needs to be paying attention with Taiwan. We know that China is trying to take Taiwan. China perhaps will do the same thing. They'll be happy to trade some sanctions to take Taiwan. And this is a huge issue. Take it a step further, look at Iran and Israel. Israel had already spoken up. I think they said they condemned what Russia was doing. So now Iran perhaps will be okay with you know being excluded from global trade to destroy Israel. All of these nations now, like tensions are building. And this will affect everyone in the world. It'll affect the US. Like what happens in the US affects the world just as what happens there affects us. What's sad to me is The media has worked for decades to brainwash and control the people of America so much that most people don't understand anything about what's going on. Because understanding what's happening right now in the world, first and foremost, in my belief, you need a biblical point of view. You need to understand biblical prophecy and what Jesus has decreed, number one. Number two, you need to know how our system works, not how we're told it works, but how it actually works, which is not something you can explain in a podcast or in a video. It takes hours and hours and hours and hours of research, and it takes unlearning and relearning because most people are still under the guise of what our system is sold to us as, but what it actually is because our system, our financial system, economics, our political system It's so much bigger than what you see on the news. That's just what, like, political theater, what they're showing us. And most people don't have that basic understanding because it's not taught to you. Most of the things you need to know in life are never taught to you in school. Leftists spent four years saying Trump was going to get us into World War III, and guess what? Here we are. Everything they said was going to happen under Trump happened under Biden. It's literally like we're watching a movie. I'm sitting here like, this cannot be real. It's just shocking. Not that I'm surprised that it's happening, but that still a lot of people seem to be in denial. It's time for people to grow up, admit they were wrong, and start learning about politics and what our system actually is. So going back to Russia and Ukraine, you know, for me personally, whoever the media makes into a bad guy usually isn't the bad guy, okay? You can't be so fast to forget what they did to Trump. So how can the media have lied about almost everything? You know, lied about things that happened during 2020, 2021, but all of a sudden, they're right about this. How do you discern what the media is telling you the truth about and what they're lying about? Because from my point of view, all they do is lie. So all of a sudden, they decide to tell the truth. Why, well, why is that? What would make you think that? So I've been analyzing the situation. And also, you have to ask yourself, who pays the media? Who controls the media? They work for someone. I actually have a whole podcast episode I did last year on the media. And it's very shocking of how only a few people control all the information. Everyone has to ask their own questions and do their own research and be slow to anger and slow to judge the situation, slow to jump on a hashtag or post something. You know, the only thing you should ever be quick to do is praying, point blank, period. Always pray, 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 pray. No matter what the truth is in this situation, there are innocent people on both sides. In Ukraine and in Russia, there are innocent people involved. Every time there's a war, who are the ones that suffer? The people. The people always end up paying the price for warmongers' wars. Another question I had when I was watching everything unfold the last couple of days is, who are posting these videos so quickly? Like, you can call me whatever you want, conspiracy theorist. I don't care. Apparently, if you ask questions, you're a conspiracy theorist. But I will never stop asking questions. I am in the pursuit of truth, no matter how hard that truth is. And I kept wondering, like, how are they getting all these videos so quickly? I mean, it's just like video after video after video. And I know social media is fast. I'm not saying that. But a lot of these media reporters just happen to be at the right place at the right time. If another country was invading and there was someone about to, you know, strike my home, I wouldn't be sitting there filming it so I can post to Instagram, right? Like I would be hiding and trying to seek shelter, like trying to protect myself and my family. Your your fight or flight response, right? You want to survive, so you're going to try to protect yourself. So it made me question seeing all this footage of where people are just like, yeah, let me just make sure I record it so I can post to Instagram. Like, are you not afraid? I would be, you know, trying to take cover, <laughs> And our government was so fast to speak up about Ukraine, but didn't say a word about what happened in Canada. Not a word about freezing people's bank accounts. The violation of Canadians' rights. Our government did not stand with them in freedom. They said nothing. Something very interesting that I learned about Ukraine's President Zelensky today, I wanted to share with you guys. So he said that he feels that he's the target right now. So now all of the news articles are starting to add this in which I'd never personally heard about before, so it was very interesting to me. That Zelensky is a former actor and comedian. And in fact, he played a president before on television. So he was an actor and comedian before he stepped into politics when he was 41 years old. The role that he was most known for was that of a school teacher who was so passionate that teacher ended up becoming president in a comedy show called Servant of the People. He took that acting role and turned it into a political campaign and then became president of Ukraine in 2019. His victory swept more than 73% of the vote. How does an actor and comedian become a president of a country? 73% of the vote? That is crazy. You know what? It, it, it reminds me of the holds that celebrities and actors have over people, right? They're there to entertain us. And I always think of this whenever people want celebrities in the US to run for Congress or mayor or governor. I'm like, they're an entertainer. And now you want them to be in control of policy? The left will take this and say, well, Donald Trump had a TV show. He had The Apprentice. He was a celebrity. Donald Trump is a businessman, a very successful businessman. You need someone who's successful and understands business To be president of a country, because a country is a business. When you have supply chain, economics, logistics, energy independence, foreign policy, you have to be able to be good at business because you are doing business deals every day as your country, running the country, making sure it runs. It is a business. Being an actor and a comedian versus being a businessman who had a TV show are two very different things. Just going to get ahead of that before the left tries to spin it. The last thing I want to mention that went viral, that fact checkers were quick to shut down, was I think it started with a tweet of someone who was saying that U.S. had biological weapons labs in Ukraine. So PolitiFact fact checkers were obviously quick to shut that down. I think that person's Twitter account was suspended as if that means anything. I I saw this quote the other day, and it's so true. Follow the silenced. Okay, They wouldn't silence people if they weren't a threat. I took about five minutes of research just to look up this program. It's called the Biological Threat Reduction Program, and you can go to ua.usembassy.gov. It's the U.S. Embassy's government website in Ukraine. It goes into detail of the U.S. Department of Defense's Biological Threat Reduction Program and how they collaborate with other countries to counter the threat of outbreaks, whether it's deliberate accidental or natural of the world's most dangerous infectious diseases. So in the fact check, you guys can look it up yourself. This fact check was on February 25th, 2022. They say that the fact check is false and that there are no U S run biological weapons labs operating in Ukraine. Now this has gotten a lot of coverage. Of course, it's being called conspiracy theory. Everyone should do their own research into that. But I found a website. It's bv.com. It's black and biatch. So this is a contractor. You'll find on their website, state-of-the-art diagnostics laboratory helps make the world safer. So this project name on their website is BSL-3 Laboratory. It's in Odessa, Ukraine. And the client is the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency. And it actually says in this article that Black and Vyach complete Ukraine's first biological safety level three laboratory in Odessa. It says that this was designed and constructed to be the first BSL three laboratory in the region and the first to be commissioned, accredited and operational under the U S defense threat reduction Agency's DTRA biological threat reduction program. Now do with this information what you will, I'm not going to go into detail. I'm just going to plant the seed and you guys do your own research. So this fact check says there are no U.S.-run biolabs in Ukraine. And to me, it's very dishonest. If you're going to put a fact check out there, tell the whole truth, right? You could do a little bit of research. Didn't take me long to find that we have at least one biological safety-level laboratory in Odessa, Ukraine, that this company is claiming is commissioned, accredited, and operational under the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency's BT. RP program. So this fact check, along with other fact checks, they beat around the bush because they want to be technically correct, but they never tell you the true story. Or in a lot of ones that I've read, I feel like they just straight out lie to push an agenda. It's very dishonest. But then at the end of the fact check, they say, while the US may provide funding to upgrade or build labs in other countries, the labs are run by partnering nations. So They try to push the blame off on every other country like, oh, U.S. might fund and might build them, but they're not run by us. I guess my question, too, is how does the U.S. benefit from building or funding labs in other countries? Because... I don't believe that the U.S. government does anything that they don't benefit from, right? The U.S. is a business. So why would the U.S. fund or build labs in other countries if they were going to have nothing to do with it just out of, you know, the kindness of their heart? When has the U.S. ever done anything for its own people out of the kindness of its heart? People begged for 600 and then $1,200 stimulus checks. When has the U.S. ever helped its own people, but you want me to believe that they're funding labs around the world just out of the goodness of their heart. I'm just not buying it. It's so irresponsible to see fact checkers having so much power online. I read in a recent lawsuit with Facebook actually that Facebook said their fact check was protected under opinion because they are just opinions, that fact checks are opinions. So people are being taken off social media because of fact checks, because of what they're calling misinformation. And then you look at their sources and a lot of their sources are other media platforms. They actually used that website I mentioned, the Biological Threat Reduction Program, as one of their sources. But all I saw in this fact check was just a quote from the website. It wasn't saying there were or were not labs. What I want to know is, can these fact checkers, under penalty of perjury, make a statement under oath? Because it's a pretty serious accusation, right, from the media to be saying, hey, this is fact check false. Are there bioweapons labs there? Who knows? I have no idea realizing that the media virtually says whatever they want, fact-check, say whatever they want, and they're never held accountable is very scary. They think they're treating misinformation, but really they're just being thought police. They give their opinions, give a few sources of other media platforms, and they think whatever they say goes. It's scary that anyone who does research and asks questions, instead of having a conversation, they're just, you know, deleted or suspended, you know, when it comes to Twitter. I mean, look at what they've done to Joe Rogan this year. He's had immunologists and virologists and, you know, professionals, experts come on his podcast, and the media has been trying, and the left, for that matter, has been trying to destroy him, to discredit him. I've been on Truth Social since before it launched, so it launched this week. I know a lot of people are still waiting to get on, but I got on Truth Social. I got to use the beta program, which is really cool, and I've been on there testing it out since. And... My first thought was wow, being on a platform without covid disclaimers or fact checks. How sad is that? Do you guys remember social media without fact checks and like CDC and covid disclaimers? I remember when fact checks first came out, I was like, oh, this is cool because I had, you know, no idea what fact checks were like right as I was starting to wake up and now I'm like it's so frustrating. It's a way to alter the way you think of things. It's a way to have you say, "Hey, we're the experts. We've said, you know, it's false, so it's false." But What are the qualifications of these people? What is the evidence and the proof that these fact checkers have that what they're saying is accurate? Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I am an observer. I observe. I like to research, take it in. I'm not quick to make accusations or assumptions of what's happening, especially being that I'm not there. You know, it's so easy to see things that happen on TV or on the media or things that are being posted, and you get emotional, right? it ties into your emotions and you can be easily aggravated, upset, frustrated, outraged because people are suffering. And that is the worst part about all of this is seeing that innocent people will suffer on both sides from Ukraine and from Russia. And it's sad because wars throughout the centuries, you know, most of them stem from greed of power and money. And, you know, it's we the people, it's the people that go out to fight to protect their homeland, protect their families, and they're fighting wars for elites' games sometimes, and it's, it's very sad. The only thing I can really say about Ukraine and Russia right now is to pray. I mean, pray for all of the innocent people that are in Ukraine and that are also in Russia. Like, there are good people and evil people on both sides. That's just the world. You know what I mean? Pay very close attention to what happens the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months. Pay attention. Get into your Bibles. You should be getting your discernment from God, not from the media. Stop looking to the media. The media is going to confuse you. Like, start looking to Jesus. He will show you. If you follow Jesus, you need to get back to the point where you start believing the supernatural powers of God. Where you realize who's truly in control, who puts up kings and takes down kings is the Lord. And many Christians have fallen away from that because we've been taught that magic only happens in Harry Potter and in Hollywood, but God can't do miracles. That's what a lot of Christians believe, whether they say it or not. And it's very sad. You need to wake up and remember where your discernment comes from, where your wisdom comes from. It comes from Jesus. I keep thinking of Matthew 24, 6 that says, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Don't let your heart be troubled. Pray. I'm going to keep saying this over and over. Keep praying. Don't let anything on social media manipulate your emotions. Stay in the quiet place of the Lord and he will guide you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Liberty Before Lipstick. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you want to support the show, you like what I'm doing, you can head over to my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Amanda Ensing. It'll be linked in the description. Or go to my store, makemakeupgreatagain.com and pick out some cool merch. God bless. Be safe.